Hello, we are the Edgy Futurists. I'm Dan Fitzpatrick. I'm Ben Whitaker. And I'm Stephen Hope. The podcast by educators for educators, the Edgy Futurist Podcast. So welcome everybody. Tonight we have Kelly, Kelly Goodall. Kelly is a teacher and a digital learning leader at Broughton Primary School. Kelly's a passionate about enhancing teaching and learning by embedding digital technology in the classroom. She has recently returned to the classroom after secondment as regional digital leader for North Wales. Yeah, Kelly is a digital pioneer for the Welsh Government and was part of the team who produced the Digital Competence Framework for Wales. She continues to work with the Welsh Government to create the new curriculum for Wales. Kelly's work has been recognised nationally, resulting in her being awarded Pearson Teacher of the Year for Wales, amongst other national awards for her approach to digital learning and digital citizenship. She's a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert and was selected to represent the UK at the Microsoft Global Education Exchange in Singapore, which we'll get onto in the podcast tonight. Kelly is also a Google Certified Educator and Flipgrid Student Voice Ambassador. She tweets at Kelly, that's Kelly IE, underscore digital. The podcast by educators, for educators, the EduFuturist Podcast. Well, Kelly, thank you for joining us. I know we've been trying to uh, get you on for a while, so thank you for, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's get straight into it. I know I mentioned in the introduction there that you are a Microsoft Innovative Educator expert, um, and that you went out to Singapore. Um, and we're, we're we're passionate about education and the future of education, and about how we can learn from all sorts of places across the world. And I know we'll talk about the uh, the Welsh model and how that's revolutionising in terms of digital. But just just talk to us about Singapore and about what you did there and why you were there, and and, and maybe what you saw as part of the uh, of, of the of the conference there. Yeah, Singapore was an amazing experience. Um, uh, we I, as as an MIEE, um, I decided to, to apply to go to to E two. I was lucky enough to go. Six of us selected from across the UK. And we had five days with lots of other MIEs from all over the world. It was an amazing opportunity um, just to get to hear about what education's like in other countries, what technology's like in other countries, how they're using it. It was amazing. So uh, we um, were... Obviously, we've been looking at the uh, some of the new reports that are out around the future of the classroom and, and what that's looking like um, as we go. What 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 kind of stuff did you see that was out there that that impressed you in terms of maybe some of the stuff that they're using in, in Microsoft tools, but also like edu- education stuff that's impressing you? Um, in terms of the Microsoft tools, there's obviously a lot of development in terms of um, Flipgrid and Teams and how immersive readers in in all of those as well. So um, just being able to engage and to to include all the pupils in your class, um, and then just really seeing about um, learning more about as well about the pedagogy and, and how people are using the technology as well. Um, lots of us all had the same same issues. We were whinging about Wi-Fi in schools, um, about things, <laughs> about devices, um, and that was a common theme. So you know, it didn't seem to matter where which country you spoke to. It was the same kind of concerns about about using technology, really. 
yeah, just totally, for our listeners, yeah. and we, and we I think that. And I suppose we're all in the we're all in the same boat. Who we're trying to to push technology and uh, trying to get people thinking around it. It's uh, it, it's difficult, isn't it? But but if if that's what's happening around the world, I suppose it gives us all hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there were situations where you think, wow, I you know we shouldn't really complain. There's you know I met a teacher and um, who lives in Morocco, teaches in Morocco, and um, you know when he showed me a picture of the school. There was electricity only at certain times. It was just very small, kind of breeze block building in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you only had a couple of devices and you're thinking, wow, and he's doing all this amazing stuff. Um, it does make you, it does bring you food for thought, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just for our listeners, I think there's a, that's your dog in the background, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. He's now stopped barking, but I decided it's a great time to um, throw a piece of rope around the living room. <laughs> well, well we're used to dogs on this podcast, and not uh, Steve's is off and on, isn't it, Dom? Isn't it, Steve? Uh, yeah, she normally, Rosie normally joins in, so uh, it's nice for she's away, uh, but we're still keeping up the theme of, of three people and a dog. <laughs> I think it's I think it's probably nice to get into uh, why why you think using uh, these tools that we've you just talking about the Microsoft tools uh, why why are teachers turning to to more cloud based tools in the classroom why do you think that's important? Um, in terms of using cloud based tools, I mean that is the way forward, isn't it? Um, I mean personally, I like to use. I, I feel feel quite strongly that using some of the Microsoft tools like Skype, like Flipgrid, um, is very important in creating a global classroom and connecting the children with people from around the world and learn about different cultures, learn about different lifestyles, um, and they get to ask those questions that and and I have the answers that maybe I wouldn't be able to give them or a website wouldn't be able to give them. So it makes learning learning is no longer out of a teacher's mouth from a textbook. It's, it's meaningful it's engaging it's global i mean what what child wouldn't be able to resist a skype call with shanghai or going to visit world war ii bunkers or a turtle um sanctuary in florida you know it's just it's amazing you can you know you can take the children anywhere in the world with you don't need you don't need money to do that and you can take them and get the experience such rich and meaningful experiences and, and, and Kelly, in terms of the, the global classroom stuff with Skype and, and, and some other um, products, is that something that you've set up through the connections or is that something that's available to all educators or how does that work? Um, it's available to all educators. So my, my, my biggest tip would be for teachers. I know when I've trained teachers up in the past about using Skype, it, it, they find it very scary, the thought of a video call to somebody they don't know. Um, but my biggest my biggest tip would be to join the Microsoft Educator Community Um go to the Skype button there and you can find lots of educators exactly the same as yourselves, people who might have never done it before, people who have done loads of them, um, and just request a Skype with those. Yeah, and it, it, we, we've, uh, I know that we've we've done similar things in, uh, in, in terms of bringing different um, countries and different schools and different educators and businesses and all sorts of stuff like that um, into the classroom. I think that's really important, isn't it? People that wouldn't necessarily get the chance to see and bring the classroom, uh, bring the world into the classroom rather than necessarily taking the students out to the world because that's that's always difficult, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've just um, finished a topic on diversity and in our school, pupil voice is a massive focus um, and our topic is directed by them. So when we came to do diversity and I said, right, what do you want to learn about? What do you want to know? And some of the questions they asked, like, um, 
does everybody believe in the same God? Um, mm. uh, you know, quite deep and meaningful questions that, again, like I said before, you, you wouldn't really get, you know, just by looking at websites and researching, you wouldn't really get a, a true reflection. So we decided to Skype a different country every day and we had that they, they wrote a set of questions and somebody scribed as well. Um, so at the end of the week, we had, we had you know, a table full of different answers um, that gave them a real clear picture and, and absolutely highlighted diversity across the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you, you you made reference there about pupil voice and about uh, amplifying student, uh, student voice. And I know that you, you're uh, passionate about Flipgrid. Uh, and we, we all love Flipgrid. In fact, um, if uh, this was a video podcast, you'd see in the in background, I've got my uh, green Flipgrid tent uh, that I use quite a lot uh, with students because we, we love Flipgrid and we love the fact that it, it allows students to um, to, make, to maybe uh, share their voice and what they're thinking about in, in a way that maybe they won't be the uh, always happy to put their hand up in a class or whatever else. But it, And it also gives you that, that evidence of stuff. But why do you think students need their voice amplifying? Um, to engage them, really, in a, nut- in a nutshell, to engage them, to to mo- motivate them, to, to want to learn, um, and by connecting with people all over the world, part of the, the best way of doing it. I think the best way, that, or the most effective way that I've used Flipgrid was um, I had some of my children, we were doing a, a topic on war, and one of their questions was, can we speak to somebody who's been through a war? So, or World War Two, actually, sorry, they wanted to know. So, got thinking, thinking, how are we going to do this now? So, my nine, my nan, straight, straight to mine, I'm thinking there is no way I can get her into school. She's, you know, she's too old and she's she would never want to speak to a whole class. She would be too nervous. Um, no way I could do a Skype call because she doesn't even use a mobile phone. <laughs> um, she's still got a phone that's kind of attached to the wall. So, mm-hmm. I used Flipgrid for my children to leave her videos so they left her videos asking her questions about life in World War Two because she was a child at the time. Um, went, took my MacBook over to Nine's, and then at the weekend, and Nine responded and left them answered them via via Flipgrid. So nice. it's really, really powerful because Nine got across things that I probably wouldn't have been able to in terms of just empathy and humanity. My children were amazed that she. Um, where she lived on a farm, they actually had prisoners of war working with them. So she couldn't, um, she was telling them how, you know, she would make them a panad, which is like a cup of tea in Welsh, um, and with these German or Italian prisoners of war. And they couldn't believe that. They they couldn't believe that they didn't, that Nine didn't get shot <laughs> or killed. Um, and she was just telling them about how they were normal people and they didn't want to be fighting in the war and things. And she got it across really well, better than what I ever could have, really. Yeah, I think... That- I love the fact that when Adam uh, from Flipgrid gave us those pods, Ben, the idea was to take them into work and use them with the kids, but you just kept yours at home. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. no, no, You're like, you know what? I'm, that, I'm using that myself at home. <laughs> is, that, is that because it's cold? In, or, or are you going out like camping and stuff? Or are you using it outside? What, what, how do you use it? Well, speaking of cold, I've got my Flipgrid hoodie on, so that's all right then, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and uh, obviously we got loads of cool stickers for our summit last year. So yeah, we love we love Flipgrid, and I think you're absolutely right when you're talking about that stuff there. Um, in terms of like, it's, it's a real life person. 
um, that yeah. they're engaging with, and it's a and they probably love the fact that it's connection to you as a teacher, and and that you, you you're right the opportunities that we wouldn't have maybe we didn't have, or we wouldn't have been able to give to students are, are happening through the digital stuff, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I think as well I, I, they're gonna when they go into the world of work, they're gonna a lot of businesses now connect on a global level so to get them used to um getting on a on a skype call or a, or a hangout chat and and chatting with someone across the world um at that age when they're when they're still in school is just kind of it's going to prepare them well for the world of work isn't it so that when they they are asked to do that in a few years time or they're having meetings with someone in, in across the world it's not going to be a daunting thing it's like actually yeah, I'm i'm used to doing this this is something i can do yeah, definitely. I think we take it for granted that children these days are very confident in front of a camera just because, you know, we call them the YouTube generation or whatever. But actually, a lot of them, they actually need, they, you know, they need practice before they kind of build up the confidence to to do these things. And, and like you say, yeah, the, the skills that come with it as well. And, and, and I think that does lead into that whole approach of actually making sure that they understand the digital citizenship element. That do they understand safety and 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 how to behave online? They're not just picking up a, a phone for learning and actually know how to use it. It's about delivering that and making sure that they're it's appropriate. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you do anything around that in terms of digital citizenship with your students to to give them up for that? Yeah, our um, digital citizenship is is led by the pupils in our school. Um, so, I don't know. Have you heard of eCadets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm a massive fan of, of eCadets, and we're an eCadets school. So um, that's all powered back by the pupils. So our team of eCadets um, deliver lessons in all the classes. They deliver assemblies. Uh, we run something called Bubble Time, where every half term we have a drop-in session so that children can come to the eCadets with their problems or their concerns. Um, and the eCadets log all of that on a Google Forms. Um, so that I can clearly, I can see quite clearly after the session which apps or games are causing problems. Um, I can see any trends. So, for example, if a certain class is very hot on Fortnite or something like that, and you know, there's problems there, then I, I can know, I know where to where to deliver lessons to and how to how to support them. That's cool. Big yeah. shout out to Henry Platten, who's a, a good friend of the podcast, and a, and a winner of a, an Edgy Futurist Award last year as well. Yeah. Oh, nice plug there, Steve. <laughs> nice plug. See what you did there. That was really good. Yeah, okay, let, yeah. let, let, let's bring it back to sensible things, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, we, are, we have got a guest on, and a guest on that has actually done some uh, some work with the Welsh Government as well. Um, and you uh, you had a comment, didn't you, as the regional digital leader for North Wales, and you're a pioneer for the Welsh Government. And yeah. we're, we're, we're massive fans of the way that the 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 government have developed this digital competence framework and we've um, had a, a couple of guests on on uh, other episodes uh Gitto aaron um from episode 43 and uh, gareth morgan right back on episode 14 and they talked about this idea about digital skills being embedded into the curriculum in wales and actually being a being a, being a key focus and, and i know that you were involved in some of that and why do you th- why do you think that wales have gone with it and uh england need to um <sighs> To, to get the finger out of it, <laughs> um, it's been identified in Wales as um, being a cross-curricular skill. So, along with literacy and numeracy, so it's got the same kind of status as literacy and numeracy. It's been recognised that those three those three things are, you know, vital to to the world of work um, when they're older and, and to their education. So, um, 
came from that was the uh, the DCF, the Digital Competence Framework, and um, we were very lucky in terms of the Welsh government actually handed over the reins to us as a team of teachers, and and, and we researched a lot um, and we wrote it and developed it. That's a uh, that's that's a uh, it's it's massive, isn't it? I suppose it's really important that we're thinking about this, and I know that from uh, from an English point of view, me and Steve are both in in FE, and uh, the uh, I think I talked about on a podcast previously about the new T levels that are coming out as an alternative to A levels and uh, and, and apprenticeships. Uh, digital skills is part of that. Um, and, and preparing students for digital school, which is, it feels like a nice step that's coming. Um, but have you seen any examples of good practice of, of things that are happening there? I know that you, you're obviously in your school, but anywhere else? Um, yeah, there's a lot of good practice. A lot, a lot, a lot of teachers who maybe aren't shouting loud enough about how fantastic their practice is. Um, and and really, there's lots, lots of what I would call rich learning going on. So you know, it's not just focusing on on one single let's say, digital task, but it's something that would encompass lots of skills. Um, but, yeah, there's some great work going on out there. Cool. And how is that, how is that tailored in terms of the levels of the curriculum? Does that vary from from the uh, primary to secondary and then obviously into FE then? Um, in primary, it's logistically it's easier in primary because um, – We've got, you know, most prime schools have got maybe a trolley of iPads, a trolley of Chromebooks or whatever. Um, so I think primary probably find it easier to to implement. Um, secondaries, you normally hear them say that it, it's a lot harder because they're relying on an ICT suite, which they have, you know, maybe a slot once every week, once every two weeks. So it's a lot harder to, to embed it and to make it a bit more natural across the curriculum. Yeah, that that makes a, that makes a lot of sense, and and we've been having lots of conversations recently with um, things on uh, ICT suites and and how you can repurpose them and use them in in, in a way that's actually having impact because 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 ultimately we we are a technology enthusiast and, and 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 it's not just about technology but it, we're trying to find ways to engage learners and and, and make our our learning more effective and whatever else, but um, our teaching more effective. I think uh, the ICT suites repurposing and in primary schools is 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 a is a real difficult one, isn't it? Because we we have some uh, contacts up in the north where where we are, uh, who we've been working with at primary, and they're just like money is so tight. Um, yeah. And 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 how 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 does that happen from a from from a primary level? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of funding, you mean? Yeah, just obviously we're, we've got this, uh, we've got this, we've got we've got these these ICT suites, which is what it's normally been. But actually, our, the way that digital is becoming more important, and probably there's not been enough money put aside to it to to help make that happen as well. Do you know what I mean? It's that it's that catch twenty two conversation, isn't yeah. it? I mean, we've been very fortunate in Wales in terms of there's been a there's been a lot of funding from the Welsh government for every school. So you know, to make sure that every school is connected with, um, you know, there's, a, there's another grant coming out at the moment as well. So um, we are fortunate in that respect. Um, and then it's about being creative, really. So there's fantastic. I don't know if you heard of Rocket Fund. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've done um, a couple of crowdfunding um, events with Rocket Fund. And, you know, I think the last one I did, I managed to get a set of spheros for the school. So it's there's... There are ways around it, but yeah, money is money is a big problem. 
And and how is um, the hub uh, leading the way in terms of their support for this? Then I know that what does that look like for those people who aren't aware of it, and how does that support um, the the strategy? Um, so hub is really at the heart of the strategy, I suppose. It's an online learning platform. Um, every 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 child every child every teacher um, has access to it. And along with that comes a whole suite of tools. So you've got J2E, Flipgrid, Office 365, Google for Education. Um, so there's lots of that as, well, as well as a lot of resources, um, all free to teachers. Um, they're really effective, yeah. And, and how does that work in terms of do, do the governors and, and their school leadership then work and, and with their teachers to understand what they need or... Is it based on district or how does it work in terms of the choice um, of, of what tools they pick? Um, well, everybody's got access to all those tools. And then it's just normally down to individual teacher choice as to what tools they use. Or um, in terms of like the, the wider school picture, it mean, um, it's usually a digital leader, somebody leading digital or somebody from SLT will decide maybe, you know, do, are they going to start using Office 365 or Teams to to store documents and things yeah i think uh, in england i think wales is like sort of like it's already been said wales is way ahead of of what we're doing here in england scotland's catching up as well and um i guess as as educators who teach in england we, we're still at that point where you have you've got some schools out there who are leading the way with this in terms of one-to-one devices um allowing students to work in a digital way on a, on a regular basis and around school is this? I know we we are the edgy futurists, and we we talk about what education is going to be like in the future. Do you see? I don't know, maybe next ten, twenty years. Is this something that that every school is gonna is gonna have? Are we gonna have every every child with a one to one device who are who in lessons being taught in a in a digital centered way? Is that something that you envisage, or do you think we will have schools that kind of stick to the traditional methods? That's a hard one. It um, is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's still going to be schools who can't afford to go one-to-one, personally. Um, in the past, when I've been in a position to possibly think about one-to-one devices, um, I've actually chosen not to. I've chosen to have enough per class. Um, however, not, for example, an iPad for everybody, um, just because I believe that children should have a mix of techno- experience a mix of technologies um so for me and I feel like I should pick the best technology for the job just as we do you know like I would maybe use my phone for something I'd use my iPad for something else and I'd use my MacBook for something I'd pick the right device for the job and I'd like to think that the children in our school by the time they leave in year six are starting to do that I think that's true digital competence yeah but and, and, and obviously the tech in terms of the amount of tech which tools you pick is obviously optional but that the framework is, is 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 mandated, right? The framework, as in, as in, in all the so the, the uh, literacy uh, and numeracy, and also digital is you have to do that in terms of at all levels of education in Wales going forward. Yeah, at the moment, as it stands, literacy and numeracy is statutory, and the DCF isn't. Um, what will as the new curriculum comes in, what the way it will change is that. Um, it's statutory to deliver those skills. However, it's not statutory to use the framework. Schools are free to use whatever they want. Um, however, the frameworks are sitting there. Um, I was with the Welsh Government yesterday and we were updating the DCF, just tweaking it a little bit. Um, so it would be daft not to use them, really. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that's exciting. At least it's at least we're you've you've got an option. Uh, and we had a digital skills framework in 2018 that came out, but obviously it's it feels like uh, some of the things that are on there are pretty obvious from the uh, the the uh, research from Lloyd's Bank about um, digital foundation skills are things like I can turn on a device and I can update and change my password, uh, which uh, which which is great. But it feels like at some point we need to get to a point where we're moving, moving into I can uh, I can safely use this and I can safely develop this and I can I can um, communicate in such a way that I know which I can select the right type of device or the right type of uh, technology to be able to support what I'm trying to do, uh, and it, and that's preparing me for life here and I can do all that kind of stuff in terms of online banking and I can use things like uh, appropriate websites and I think that's that's really what. Um, we, we want to move away from just using tech for tech's sake and just ticking boxes of digital skills. We've, 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 we've shown them how to turn this on and we've shown them how to put a password on. We want them to be like, to, to, to be real good purveyors of this, to, of this technology, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And that was why when we worked with DCF and um, citizenship, the strand sits at the top because we felt that was overarching. That was your umbrella really. And you, you've got to be a good digital citizen to, to use technology effectively as you said so yeah yeah that's great well we really appreciate you coming on we know you're busy primary school teacher my parents are both primary school teachers so um and i i, I never see them <laughs> thankfully <laughs> I don't, that's probably because i don't live with them anymore but uh but but yeah they're they're always really busy so we do appreciate your time and uh, thanks for coming on um with yeah. in, in your busy schedule appreciate it thank you very much bye thank you thank you